Good morning. I'm Brady Huggett, and here's the latest update from Spectrum Autism Research. New Journals Seek to Fill Neurodiversity Gap by Brady Huggett. The autism research world has recently seen the official launch of two new journals broadly focused on neurodiversity. Although they differ in size and initial backing, they are remarkably similar in scope and ambition. The first publication is the Journal of Neurodiversity. It has been open for submissions since August 2022, and its creators expect to publish its first issue this fall. The journal's initial leadership is small. It has just four members on its editorial board, and it was founded by Marie-Yves Lefebvre and Justine Castingue-Payant, both at the University of Montreal in Canada, who will serve as co-editors. It is not yet named a publisher. Also already launched and currently open for submissions is Neurodiversity, published by Sage Press. The journal was founded by Etain Quigley and Blanade Gavin, both at universities in Ireland, and the editors for the journal are Punit Shah and Joni Holmes, both based in the United Kingdom. Neurodiversity has a longer backbone at launch. It has 50 members committed to its board, including many names familiar to the autism research community. Judy Singer, Zach Williams, Noah Sasson, Sven Bolte, and Ann Memet, to name just a handful. The journal is published in affiliation with the Institute of Neurodiversity, a global neurodiversity member organization. The board of the Journal of Neurodiversity consists of neurodivergent people or people suspecting to be, says Lefebvre, an intentional choice to ensure that the editors see ourselves in the content. Something similar was achieved at Neurodiversity. Shaw says the editorial board was chosen to ensure a range of scholars and academics that have expertise on neurodevelopmental conditions, whether that be academic prowess or expertise by experience. The boards will oversee a wide range of content, editorials, opinion pieces, peer-reviewed research, and articles on lived experience and education, among other topics. Both journals are embracing an open access model, and Neurodiversity will charge an article processing fee. It is set at $1,000, but the fee is waived for the immediate future. The Journal of Neurodiversity, however, is seeking external financial support to help cover publishing costs. And both journals launched specifically to address what the founders perceived as an opportunity. Besides Autism, also published by Sage, the journal Cortex, and a handful of special issues of other journals, such as the Lancet Commission on the Future of Care and Clinical Research in Autism, there appeared to be a desperate gap in the world of neurodiversity academic publishing, says Shaw. Lefebvre noticed the same thing, although she could find plenty of discussion of neurodiversity on social media, she says. In the research literature, it's quite limited. Finally, both editors see their journals as a bridge spanning the autism community. Lefebvre says the Journal of Neurodiversity will aim to connect the different actors in today's neurodiversity movement, and Shaw hopes neurodiversity will reach across the big disparities, arguably schisms found in the differing approaches to neurodiversity. Indeed, given how divisive the language, papers, and general discourse around autism can be, any journal that publishes a wide range of content about neurodiversity runs the risk of angering part of its readership. Shaw knows this and admits the heterogeneity and complexity of the field is part of the challenge of launching neurodiversity. But it's also the immense opportunity we have with this journal, he says. It's a new journal. It's a new editorial board, and we're trying to do things in a new way. The editorial board of the Journal of Neurodiversity is also aware that its readers might have differing and deeply held opinions, and they are already thinking about it. We're ready for that, Lefebvre says. It's part of the discussion. Hi, I'm Brady Huggett, Enterprise Editor at Spectrum. This is an interview with an editor of a new journal that will operate in the autism research space. It's called Neurodiversity, 
and the editor's name is Punit Shah. This interview was conducted February 15th, 2023, and is part of an article titled New Journals Seek to Fill Neurodiversity Gap, which can be found on Spectrum's website. Okay, that's all you need. Here we go. Okay, we started. The first question, and probably the easiest question, is maybe just give us some of your background. Okay, sure. So um, I, I'm primarily interested in autism and ADHD in adulthood. I'm an autism expert. And over the course of the past few years, as the neurodiversity paradigm has, has um, become more and more prominent, um, I was invited to and have got involved in the formation of the journal, along with a whole series of people at SAGE and other members of the editorial board um, who, who've sort of come together to bring this together. Well, that's okay. So let's talk about that. How did this... What was the impetus for starting this journal? How did you become involved in it? So I think the impetus um, very much has come from Sage and various people they've been talking to. So the sort of founders actually, if you like, were a, a couple of academics here in, um, here in the UK and in Ireland. So it's actually Etienne Quigley and Blonard Gavin, um, academics in, uh, in, in Ireland that had sort of originally approached Sage with the idea of a sort of specialist journal in, in neurodiversity. Um, so I'm involved um, in, in reviewing four and being involved in mainly autism journals. And I got to speaking with, um, with Sage, given my other editorial exp- uh, experience for journals like Cortex. Um, I've helped sort of launch another open science journal. So it was sort of the combination of my background as an expert on neurodevelopmental conditions alongside my editorial experience that came together to, I guess, put me in a position uh, to be invited to take on this role. The two founders sort of had the idea. They went to Sage and Sage said, yeah, there's a space for that. That would be a good journal idea. And that's how it sort of started. Yeah, I think Sage has been brilliant. I think they're very open to new and interesting ideas. I think there are people that are keen to have this journal take off. I think Sage in particular, Kerry Barner at Sage, who's been overseeing the journal Autism over the past decade, which of course has become incredibly popular uh, and a very strong journal in the field. Um, sort of uh, went with the idea, developed the idea, crafted the idea, and has then worked with me to craft an editorial uh, board to take this forward more formally. Yeah, exactly. That was my next question. So how did you go about finding the people to be on your board and, you know, getting the idea of what this journal would look like? Yeah, I think we we started um, amongst a, a, a team of, a core team of founders working with me, um, working with Sage, and also um, an important point is that it involved people that are sort of non-academic. So there's a new Institute of Neurodiversity. So we also have non-academic founding board members, if you like. Um, so it's through that discussion after, you know, after developing the sort of bare bone structure of what the journal would look like, what the grand broad aims are, uh, we thought about how we go about um, selecting members of the editorial board. So some of the, the, the core guiding principles, if you like, for how we went about this might differ to traditional processes in forming of, a, of an editorial board. We were quite keen on sort of embodying and embracing the, the point of the journal, embracing neurodiversity. So we went about ensuring the editorial board um, had representation of a range of scholars and academics that have expertise on neurodevelopmental conditions and neurodiversity as as broadly defined as we could do that in terms of their um, academic expertise, but also their um, expertise by experience, so to speak. Lived experience, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah we have we have a, a large percentage of our editorial board who have lived experience or expertise by experience uh, that will be informing uh, that have informed and will be informing the journal as as we progress. Well, that, I think that seems to maybe set this journal apart, right? And, and maybe that's the point, is to form a different kind of editorial board, which will shape a different kind of journal. Yes, exactly. It's to, in my view, at least have the, the best of both worlds. So having a really strong, uh, rich editorial board that has some of the leading experts in our field, um, who also, many of them happen to have lived experience. And then we've got junior scholars and people with lived experience that don't have that sort of uh, pedigree or history of being academics, but that can bring something new to it. And I do think that the combination of that does set it apart from not just journals in the field of autism and neurodiversity, but, but journals more generally in psychology, yep. psychiatry and neuroscience. And so there's, I should say there's two editors, right? Joni is also a, an editor. Yeah, so Joni will also be a co-editor in chief of the journal. And, and that decision was also important, you know, whereas I'm an expert um, mainly neurodiversity, neurodevelopmental conditions in, in adulthood, something that I think has been overlooked. Uh, Joni is a, a brilliant sort of classical developmental, um, experimental and cognitive psychologist with interests in neurodevelopment and neurodiversity. So I think as editors-in-chief, we sort of have bring these complementary expertise um, of neurodiversity across the lifespan. Yeah. So can I also want to talk about the kinds of content that the journal will publish. I, I mean, there is, I think there's going to be arts, um, humanities, there is a medical aspect, employment. I mean, it's a wide range of, of um, topics. So how did you settle on, on those? Yeah, so I think the first thing to say is that I don't think these matters are completely settled and we don't want it to be, we don't want any hard lines or a rigid set of structures of exactly what we're going to cover. I think this will be organic in terms of drawing on the neurodiversity community and the, the, the audience and neurodivergent people that will inform this. I think we've, to start off with, kept the remit as broad and as inclusive as possible to encourage submissions from the arts and humanities as well as the traditional biomedical sciences. And that's important because, you know, at the moment I see the quite big disparities arguably schisms between these different approaches to understanding mm -hmm. neurodiversity and by having this inclusive broad remit will hopefully allow us as the editorial board and as a journal as it develops to try and bridge some of those gaps so that our agreement was that you know we, we've settled on it being as broad as possible and, and and that's reflected in our editorial board but exactly how this journal evolves over time, I think, will be will be fascinating. A challenge, but fascinating for sure. So it's almost, it's not as if you've laid out these are the categories, but what you've said is we are open to all these things and, and probably more, right? If you, have, if you have something that you think might fit this journal, let us know. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing I've learned from working, uh, being an associate editor at journals like Cortex with the history is thing, concepts like neurodiversity, even autism, are, are always evolving with time. And I think the, the hallmark of a good journal and a good editor is to be, not just be responsive to those things, but to preempt the fact that we've got a new concept like neurodiversity, which can be contentious, can be divisive, but also brilliant and, and really bring together a community. I think appreciating that nuance and the opportunities there are has to be, in my perspective, reflective of a journal that's responsive and plans to sort of evolve the content type, uh, evolve with the different sort of contributions that we might receive. 
And I think we've got a, an editorial board and, and a great support from Sage and others to, to sort of really um, support that endeavor. Yeah. So as you said, you, you have this, there will be content in there that is focused on sort of the medical model of autism. But beyond that, it's going to have a social model too. And that's all folded in there together. I, it, it's going to be folded. It, we're open to those contributions. And I think us as editors, we're going to be trying to steer and temper, for example, the, the traditional biomedical approaches to neurodevelopmental conditions uh, with you know, some of the nuances and sensitivities that I think people are keen to see. And likewise, I think we see really brilliant research more in the arts and humanities with a more sort of social, um, cultural model of, of autism that could perhaps benefit from some of the um, experimental approaches, some of the classical, um, bigger data, quantitative approaches that are in, that we find in the biomedical model um, of, of understanding neurodiversity. So it's, it's in bridging those gaps at the conceptual and methodological uh, levels of explanation that I think we're going to see the progress that we need to see uh, with respect to neurodevelopment, neurodiversity and, and neurodevelopmental conditions. So can I, let me ask a couple questions about sort of like how this journal is, is going to work. I know it's open access, number one. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. an open access journal, yeah. Let's talk through that. I, I think that probably means there's a charge per article. I, I, how will the journal actually subsist, I think, is my question. Yeah, so it's a good question. So we're launching as an open access journal. I think that that's, first of all, the way in which most journals are, are heading towards in one form or another. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. So Sage, when launching new journals, are looking to make them open access. Uh, for the first year or so, at least, because the journal has sponsorship from the Institute of Neurodiversity included in commercial partners, that the current model is hoping for that those commercial partners um, and, and other providers to offer sponsorship to make it, the journal as accessible as possible um, to academics and scholars. Long term, how we move forward with that, I think, is an open question and will, of course, be interesting and, and a challenge. Um, but we're committed really to open access following the broader agenda in, in scientific um, and, and scholarly publishing to ensure that, that the work is as accessible as possible um, to as wide a range of people as, as possible. I think the APC charge is waived right now as the journal launches. Yeah, and... br yeah brilliant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm glad you raised the APC charge for the first a uh, few months, hopefully the first year, for as long as we can, we're going to be waiving APC charges. So for anyone listening to this, um, I think it's a great time to engage with the journal and, and submit your papers. We're really keen to, to, to launch the journal with song, a strong set of contributions. Um, so yeah, the APC charges, that the APCs will be waived um, for the foreseeable future. Um, but do get in there early if you're keen to submit. You're, you're based in the UK. Yeah. Both, both editors are based in the UK. Yeah, so the, ed the, the editors, the two editor, in, uh, us as co-editor-in-chiefs uh, are, are based in the UK, uh, but the editorial board is, is very much um, international in scope. So we've been keen to sort of balance, balance those things, yes. Yeah, and you're trying to get submissions from all over the world. Absolutely, right. yeah. yeah. Very open to and very keen to have submissions from over the world. And again, that's reflected in our very diverse editorial board from, you know, certainly not across every country uh, possible, but we've had a really strong and positive response from Australia, Europe, uh, the, the US, um, India, the low middle income countries. So we've got some work to do and it will grow our editorial board with time, but it's very much uh, an international journal, that's for sure.
And can you tell me, what can you tell me about the Institute for Neurodiversity? How are they a partner on this journal? Okay, so yeah, the Institute of Neurodiversity is a partner in the journal um, financially in terms of providing sponsorship to the journal, uh, for example, with regards to the article processing um, charges, and also a partner in the sense that we, we want the journal to be relevant and to have impact um, in non-academic spheres. So the Institute of Neurodiversity works with a large range of corporate um, organisations, some of some world leaders in, in business and the commercial world. So it, we're a partnership financially, but also at the level of trying to ensure to some extent that the work that we're doing, the work that we're publishing in the journal has real world impact um, in the world of commercial organisations and the various clients that, that they're supporting. We've had a sort of soft launch at the moment. So we've just launched the, what we call the corporate site which has a sort of cover cover page, and I can provide the link to you for that. And we've also yeah. just launched the, the submission site as well. So we're now actually open for submissions. We've got some rudimentary um, information about submission guidelines, about the content types, and we're very much open to submissions um, starting now. And we'll be sort of launching uh, a harder launch or more formally um, in the second half of this year, once we've got some content uh, once uh, Joni and I and other members of the editorial board have worked on our editorials, but the, the, the sort of infrastructure is um, already starting to shape up. Now, you mentioned the journal Autism, but are there other journals out there that you see as competitors, or do you think this is kind of a, like a, a wide open space that you're stepping into? I think, uh, as far as I see it, it's, it is this wide open space, at least at the international level. Um, there are various journals, um, including the journal Cortex, where, for example, I, I'm leading a special issue on neurodevelopment and neurodiversity. So there are special issues out there um, that are part of other journals. Yeah. But to my knowledge, we're going to be the first, the world's first journal of sort of neurodiversity and, and very much straying into the territory and filling what I think is a desperate gap in the world of uh, neurodiversity and scholarly approaches to neurodiversity. So I've uh, just one more question for you, I think. H have you given thought to what, you know, what success would look like after launch a year or two in when you would think, OK, now this journal is a success for us? What, what would that be? That's a really, really good question. For, for me personally, I can't speak on behalf of all the editorial board or SAGE. But for me, I think success would look like having a journal with a diverse range of, of, of contributions and a response to the journal that is not just tolerant but respectful of diverging viewpoints and even dissenting viewpoints and even uh, potentially controversial viewpoints on neurodiversity. I think that's in, in the vacuum of not having a, a good journal and a strong editorial board that are able to tackle some of the challenges and opportunities of what neurodiversity means, we, we've there's limited progress that we're making. So I think the journal in a year's time, if we get that diversity of submissions, if we have a response to the journal that's respectful of those diverse points, I think that would be, it might sound a bit, maybe that we're not achieve, aiming for much, but that's a big, that's one of the bigger challenges we have in this field. So that, that's what I think, if we can have, within a year's time, um, if we haven't caused controversy to the point that it's divisive and and not conducive to progress on that, I think that would be a, a good success, in my personal opinion. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, when a journal, when a journal is doing well, it, it basically establishes a sense of community, right? And that sounds like what you're what you're going for here. Yeah, exactly. I think we're looking for a, a community, um, and to foster a community that is willing to engage with one another on a on a on a on a necessarily nuanced and complex and beautiful topic. So it's it's a community that I think is unlike many other communities because there's so much heterogeneity and diverse viewpoints. It's a it's a community which, in some ways, has its strength in heterogeneity and complexity, but that can also be the challenge. And I think bringing that community together in a way in which is conducive to progress rather than upset and just focusing on the, the challenges that come with setting up communities and working on developing community ideas and shared understanding of things is going to be the challenge, but also the immense opportunity we have with this, with this journal. It's a new journal. It's a new editorial board and we're trying to do things in a new way. You know, we're, we're going to get some things really right, I hope, and I'm sure we're going to make what some people are going to perceive as being mistakes. And I think it's important, hopefully, for people to, to get on board that agenda of, you know, neurodiversity is a relatively new concept. It's a concept that offers great promise, but there are pitfalls in how we aim to understand it. So. I hope people can be understanding of the, the, those nuances and be open to contributing constructively to the, the evolution of the journal, which I'm, I'm really excited by, and I hope other people get on board and, 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 and are equally excited about that. Uh, well, that's well said. I think that's it. So just th thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Cool. No, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to do this. Hi, I'm Brady Huggett, Enterprise Editor at Spectrum. This is an interview with an editor of a new journal that will operate in the autism research space. It's called The Journal of Neurodiversity, and the editor's name is Marie-Yves Lefebvre. This interview was conducted December 19, 2022, and is part of an article titled New Journals Seek to Fill Neurodiversity Gap. Okay, off we go. So I think uh, the first thing that we want to ask, of course, is how this journal came to be. Actually, um, I started my PhD in uh, 2019, and I was always interested into autism in adulthood. Uh, I really enjoy like learning about that. Uh, I do have a autistic parent myself, so I was really curious about what we know about that. Um, I came across little like just limited amount of literature about that. And that was a good a good start for my PhD because I feel like I could make a difference. But then I, I just feel like I couldn't do much by myself. I felt like I had to have a platform, to have a place to encourage other people to publish on that topic. So that was something on the back of my mind. But then I didn't really um, plan on founding a journal before mm -hmm before I got a professor job or something more stable. 
But then I got to chat with my friend Justin, and she asked me what was in the way, like what needed to be done to make that project happen. And I wasn't really sure. I wanted to be stable, but then there is a momentum right now. We talk about neurodiversity a lot, uh, more mostly on social media. But then in the the research literature, it's quite limited. Like I said, it's uh, it's the same as in uh, autism in adulthood. It feels like whether it's autism, giftedness, or learning disability, when you go into adulthood, is really limited. So I feel like we could go broader and we could do something bigger than just me and my subject. Yeah, I'm sorry. So you, just, yeah. You're saying the research on yeah. autistic adults was limited. That's what you were struggling to find. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Especially um, we're based in Montreal, Quebec. Here we do have uh, the research in French. We do have the research in English. But then in French, it's really limited. We do have some things in English, but then working here mostly in French, it feels really, really limited. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do something that would encourage that movement. And then I talked with Justin and she was really encouraging. Like we could do something, we could do a journal, like it doesn't have to be like in a couple of years. So we got to we got to work actually. Uh, we had this discussion last fall and slowly we started working on the website. We started working with the University of Montreal to make that thing happen uh, for uh, how can I say, for financial uh, support and all of that. So we really got to work. Working on the website for the journal itself. Yeah, the the website and all figuring out all the details, like how we would evaluate all the manuscript, what type of manuscript we will accept. Uh, also, like how broad it is, because yeah. we are in educational science, but then we also feel like neurodiversity is part of like education, sociology, uh, psychology. So it's really complex. So we are really in the humanities, the way we uh, we we feel about it, but we're really like accepting all of type of perspective. So two things: you grew up in Canada. You did. Yeah, I grew up in Canada in Montreal, Quebec. Yeah, yeah. And you said you have an autistic parent. Yeah, I do. You do. So that's that's your initial interest in this field, then. Yeah, actually, uh, when I was younger, he got his diagnosis, but then. It was difficult because it was first uh, bipolar and then after it was just depression. And for me as a child, it was quite difficult because I just didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, unfortunately, he passed away when I was in college. And it just feels like it, there was a lot of question unanswered. Uh, so for me, it's my primary uh, motivation as a researcher is to understand what happened. Like for me as a part of the grief with everything, but also like... I got to work with other autistic adults and I felt like what my dad lived was not something like isolated. It was something, it was a reality that was shared by other autistic people. So that was really the the main point. Right. So it was, you kind of wanted to satisfy your own curiosity about your father who was no, you know, he was no longer yeah. around. You couldn't ask him questions. And then also you realized exactly. that the field itself, there wasn't, mm -hmm. well, I think that's my question. Did you feel like there was not a, <laughs> one receptacle for this kind of research? Yeah, exactly. It feels like the more I educate myself about autism, the more I feel there was different paradigm. And neurodiversity was not something that was very, let's say, present in the literature. It feels like it's really emergent since the maybe uh, 2010. Yeah. So it's really recent. So when I, I came across that movement, I just felt like such a, a fresh breeze of air. It just feels like so new and so refreshing. And I was like, we need to do more of that. We need to have a 
a movement, like a, something in the science, but then not only scientific research, but then a place where we can really exchange about that with practitioner, with autistic people or neurodivergent people in this case, and really have a, a space for collaborating. Yeah. So I, there's a bunch of questions I want to ask. Who's the no, publisher? Uh, <laughs> so far, uh, it's the first year of the... Um, the journal. So we're still figuring out, to be honest, uh, how we're going to do the publishing process. We are in contact with the University of Montreal to have the funding and everything. Uh, so right now we are in this gray state of uh, mind, if I may say, where we're still looking. We're still looking and we had such a great response that we want to do good. <laughs> we want to have a good publisher. We want to have something that's solid, especially for the next couple of years, because I feel like there is a a lot of positive response from the community, uh, my peers who are uh, also neurodivergent, but also from research where it feels like it's a new uh, area, it's a new discipline in itself. Yeah. So, that's so a- for now, we're still working on it. So mm-hmm. you just mentioned this thing. I'm, I'm wondering about representation in the journal. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, yeah. um, you know, maybe on your board, probably your editors, some of them are going to be neurodiverse. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Actually, the board right now, we are only four people. uh, And then it's all neurodivergent people or people suspecting to be. Um, So myself, I'm a neurodivergent researcher, and it feels important to see ourselves in this research. But we're also, uh, because it's a space where we exchange, where we want to do maybe start some reflection about research, in on the neurodiversity, uh, we want to imply as much people as possible. So that includes researcher, but also practitioner people who works with, uh, in this case, autistic people, but neurodivergent people on a daily basis, but also just normal people who are going to be able to have their uh, their point of view to share it with us and to really see like, is that really important? Is that disconnected from their rela- reality? So we're really in a space where we're trying to make bridges, if I may say. We're ca- trying to construct bridge between the different uh, actors of neurodiversity movement. So you feel like your audience is who then? I feel it's people who were uh, influenced directly or indirectly by neurodiversity, and it's broad. <laughs> that is true. It is broad, but it also um, it feels like it can really start making transparent research and making transparent process by implying so many people. Uh, it could be someone who has a child that is is neurodivergent it could be a teacher it could be a practitioner right now we're not there (laughs) right now we're all researchers who are who are questioning if they're neurodivergent so we are more in this perspective but we would like to have more people that are uh, not in research so we could have other perspective so we could also learn from that uh, learn from their uh, priorities learning from their need and really establish maybe this journal based on that collaboration together. So is it fair to say that anyone who might be looking, let's let's say the journal is 10 years old at this point, okay? I'm, yeah. I'm imagining a future. <laughs> and anyone who is looking for information on uh, academic studies about neurodiverse mm-hmm. life, they might find in this journal. Mm-hmm. That might be parents. That might be somebody yeah. who suspects they might be neurodiverse. Yeah. That might be someone who has a diagnosis. Yeah. It might be researchers. It might be clinicians. All those people should be an audience for this journal, you think? Yeah, totally. And that really help, I think, make this knowledge more accessible and to make it, if I may say, closer from like the real need, from autistic people needs, from people with ADHD needs. So really take into account that because 
we we know if you you're a little bit aware of the literature on neurodiversity often we are really interested into the parents the people around mm -hmm. those people but it's sometimes difficult to reach them because the methods are not adapted or maybe it's hard or maybe we prefer to go by the um, the practitioner side of view point of view uh, sorry but uh it's really trying to remove those well really and then can we talk about the kind of content that will be in this journal i mean i, I know that there it's also very broad right i mean there's going to be social studies aspect humanities but also biomedical research as well is that correct yeah yeah it feels like neurodiversity is a very complex subject like i said and we cannot really approach it from one perspective only uh, we have medical uh, studies we have psychological studies educational studies and it's really a place for that to have a, a multidisciplinary perspective and the content that's going to be coming from that uh, really we have three type of um, of manuscript that we're accepting other than the, the broad research discipline uh, we do have research article but we also accept professional article like you mentioned before and also uh, personal testimony like so we really trying to have a broad perspective and a multidisciplinary perspective. So personal testimony, things like opinion pieces like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we were taking when we were finding ideas for the first call for proposal. Uh, what is it to have a late diagnosis? What is it to disclose diagnosis when you're in your workplace? How is it to manage stress or, you know, finding out you have some limits in your daily life? So it's stuff like that where people can really take the space Uh, and talk about them and talk about their experience and really have that read by other people, by researcher, by practitioner, and really have this exchange. But so this, again, this journal is focused on adulthood, right? Neurodiverse adults? Uh, no. It was, it was first my idea to do that. But then when I was talking with Justin, we felt like it was going to be too limited because yeah. right now the, the research is limited. So even though we step outside of the research and we talk about practice and we talked about personal experience, we don't want to restrict people to that team. So personally, I do have, uh, I'm specialist in, in adulthood, but I feel like, for example, Justin, she's more into teenager, uh, younger uh, children. So we really more, um, I don't know, complimentary in that aspect so personally i'm more into it but the journal itself is broader than me and that was the idea uh, behind that so i think i think maybe one of the the biggest divides in the neurodiverse community right now is is possibly this thought of you know things like autism being biomedical or social right yeah and there are people who will stand on either side of that divide and i'm wondering how you're going to balance that in the pages of your journal yeah that's a really good question because i think right now from recent research, from talking with other colleagues, it feels like there's two uh, two themes, uh, biomedical and social, like mm -hmm. you mentioned. But the the neurodiversity movement, I think it's, it's not about one theme or another. Uh, I think it's really about uh, highlighting the positive aspect, highlighting the strength, uh, being proud of this, this identity. So whether it's from a biomedical perspective or whether it's from a social perspective, I think it's not... Um, It's not incoherent. It's uh, it's still possible to present both. But uh, I have to agree that from the, the, the last couple of years, usually it's more the social model that's going to 
let's say, uh, be in the same direction as the neurodiversity movement. But I feel by not excluding the biomedical movement, since a lot of practitioners are still based on that model, we are uh, encouraging to create bridge between those and to see that they're not that different and that the perspective is changing slowly. Mm. I mean, it's possible that you will publish things that uh, some of your audience are not going to like then, on one on one side or the yeah. other. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. We're well, ready for that. Yeah, it's part of the discussion. <laughs> um, and so, also, this is open access, correct? Yeah, exactly. We don't want to have a membership or anything like that because that will be against kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to make that accessible for either neurodivergent people, practitioner, or researchers. So we really want to have that open access. And then, what what's your publishing schedule going to be? Uh, actually, we released our first call for proposal uh, this fall, so that was really exciting. And we're working right now for uh, one uh, one number, one, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting, uh, one edition. Hmm. I'm not quite sure it's the right term in English. That's the right term. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we're looking for one edition per year for now, because uh, we're a small team. We're a team of four people, uh, but we are willing to I mean, we're no, we know we're going to grow. We know we're going to get attention. Uh, so I, we're going to go uh, probably by two editions per year, uh, by next year or in two years. And we're going to see how much uh, people are willing to uh, to publish with us to uh, to accept this uh, new project. And really, uh, like, like I said, we're really flexible and we're still in the first year. So we don't want to go, let's say, uh, be too, uh, do too much. And to do it badly, we really want to do things slowly and solidly so the, the platform itself has a good recognition. Uh, people uh, find it trustworthy. Uh, they have trust in it. So we're really trying to aim for that. Are you So let's. Uh, how will you gauge your success? I, I mean, I'm, are you thinking about things like impact factor, citations, or just readership, yeah. or, or what is it? Yeah, yeah exactly. We, uh, unfortunately, because of some let's say, how can I say, administrative details, uh, the journal has to be two years old before going into the impact factor. Mm -hmm. So for the first two years, uh, we're going to go with the basic statistic, but we are aiming for uh, impact factor. We're aiming for uh, more than just statistic and really to be comparable to other journals in this field. For example, Autism in Adulthood that has this impact factor, citation index and all of that. And then, so I, again, this might be too far down the line for you to think about, but do, are you thinking about some sort of business plan where this is able to bring in money somehow and be self-sustaining at, at some point? Um, for sure, because of the financial support, uh, the publishing process costs money. Uh, having also a DOI access, uh, either like uh, having access to DOI through our article or finding online through DOI, uh, we have to have some financial support and we're trying to have to establish some uh, recurring support in that regard but uh, we're not going to make money out of it <laughs> if I answer the question really simply uh, that's not the goal the goal is to have something that is going to give back to the community that we're going to start and other people are going to contribute to it and it's not our only ourself it's really like a broader thing to us so like any researcher journal is great when you get into a additional uh, editorial board but it's not something to make money of it's really to encourage greater knowledge for sure yeah no i, I totally agree with that but the, the concept that i mean i think you are paying your editorial board some amount of money yeah. i think right so i mean there. It does cost something to produce this. So yeah, is there a way exactly. that you can recoup some of those costs, I think, is the main the main question. Uh, what do you mean by recoup? I'm not uh, quite sure. <laughs> um, gain back some of the costs. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, actually, we're not there <laughs> like you anticipate. Uh, right now, it's purely volunteering uh, because we are really drive by this project. But for sure, we would like to have some of the the investment back, returned back. Uh, we're not there yet. I think it's more in two or three years. I'm gonna see how it's gonna be able, how it's gonna be possible. Uh, but right now, we are <laughs> we're aiming for volunteering. Uh, but we are aware that it's not gonna last forever because we're all really busy and we're yeah. all uh, very interested into the project. But at some point, it's not gonna pay the bill. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are. It's it's a. Let's say it's a it's a process, and we're not we're not there yet because we decide to be kind of modest about it. Uh, but we know in the next couple of years it's going to be able, we're going to be able to find some uh, financial support for ourselves as well as the journal itself. So I just have one final question. When, so when can we expect the first the first volume, the first edition? I would say next summer. Uh, we uh, but the call for proposal, the first one, is ending at the end of this month, so thirty first of December. Yeah, we're gonna review the paper, whether it's scientific, uh, personal, or professional. We're gonna review it in the next months, and after we're gonna be in touch with the other uh, colleague for peer reviewed, and that is going to be for only scientific paper. Other types such as professional and personal are gonna be uh, reviewed by the editorial board. So that's gonna take sometimes for sure but we're aiming for either spring or early summer so spring or early summer next year the first uh, the first edition yeah exactly but you touched exactly. on, on something that i should have mentioned before is right so this is peer-reviewed so the the scientific papers yeah. that come in will be peer-reviewed yeah and the things that are more about opinion pieces or uh testimony of life that is mm-hmm. going to be uh, reviewed by the editors exactly Got yeah it. It, the the scientific manuscript are going to be uh, proceed the same way as any other journal. That's not going to change. Uh, but because we are into, like, we are in a neurodiversity perspective, we're going to reach colleagues that are uh, specialized into this area. And this is going to be double blind as well. So it's the same as any other journal. Yep. That's it. Uh, th- thanks for taking the time to talk to us about this. Thanks to you. Thank you for the opportunity. And I'm happy to be able to share that with other people.